Hey guys, I'm Amy Marco, and you're listening to the Go Let Go podcast. This is a place to talk about finding hope and peace and freedom and even fun, no matter what life brings our way. And guys, there's a reason that I use that phrase all the time, because learning to go and to let go literally wrecked my life. But it's also the phrase that brought me here, and it's the journey that God used to call me to himself. I always remind you that whatever I'm talking about with you here is something that I'm working out in my own heart. So I hope you'll dig in with me and learn alongside me this week. Today, we're wrapping up our conversation about disappointment. And I think we've attacked this topic from all the angles. We've talked about being disappointed in hope, and we've looked at some examples in God's word and from our own lives that help us walk through that disappointment and back to hope. We've explored the choices we have when we're disappointed, that we can marinate in it and find more and more to be disappointed about, or we can choose to trust that God knows the big picture and that he does have a plan. We have hashed through what it means to be the one who disappoints others and discovered that even Jesus disappointed people. He handled it really well, you know, and he left us some clues along the way. And then we talked about disappointing ourselves, how to handle life when other people disappoint us. Those are equally hard for me. Next, we dove into some passages and some truths from God's word to answer this question, how do I then overcome the disappointment that just keeps clinging to my heart. So today we're going to wrap this up and we're going to ask the question, how can I make sure that I don't waste my disappointments? Because we do find some value in the hard times and we don't want to waste it. I always wish that this were a face-to-face conversation and especially today as we wrap up this topic that I'm pretty sure applies to every single one of us. What disappointment have you walked through? What have you learned from it? Where has disappointment led you to actually find something better than you could have planned for yourself? I'd love to hear your stories, and I'd love to pray for you by name. You can contact me at my website, goletgo.org. Just click on that contact button in the upper right-hand corner. See, I didn't want to talk about disappointment, but God was making it so clear to my heart that this was the conversation that I needed to have with myself. I love bringing you along for the ride. And our question to answer today is this, how do I walk forward and not waste my disappointments? So much value and lessons and perspective really do come from our hardest days. And we're learning that God allows them for a reason. So we can choose to let them grow us. But first, let's remind ourselves to be very careful because I think that disappointment in life Disappointment in ourselves and in other people is the devil's playground because he can use this in a heartbeat to move us into this downward spiral that takes our eyes off of Christ. See, disappointment leads us almost quicker than any other experience into despair. Hold on tight to 1 Peter 5 verses 6 through 8. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time, He will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. Stay alert. 
Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. See, our enemy would love to use our disappointments to his advantage so that he can devour us in despair. If you know me, you know I'm a writer and words are so important to me. We like to use that word despair very lightly, like my husband from Chicago every year when he watches the Chicago Bears play football. He always says to be a Bears fan is to know despair, and we can joke around, but let's not let our guard down. Because Satan will absolutely use disappointment in our life to sneak up on us and get us to despair. True despair is this complete loss or absence of hope. Without hope, we don't get out of bed, and we sure can't do what God has planned for us to do in his kingdom. But it doesn't have to work that way. We can overcome our disappointments in his power before our hopes are dashed. The disappointment can lead us to despair, and I'm here to beg you, don't let it. That disappointment knocks at my door, and if I even crack the door, he gets his foot in so fast. So quickly, that disappointment disillusions us. We start to feel sorry for ourselves. We stop believing that the best is still coming. See, our enemy would love for us to experience this literal definition of despair, a complete loss of hope. So let's pray this same prayer that the psalmist prayed in chapter 119, beginning in verse 116. Give me strength as you promised, and I shall live. Don't let me be disappointed in my hope. Just a few verses before this, he says to God, You are my defender and protector. I put my hope in your promise. You guys, we're going to waste our disappointment if we don't let it turn our eyes to Jesus. Because whether we're disappointed in life or with ourselves or someone else or someone else is disappointed in us, we do have a choice to make every single time that disappointment knocks on our door. And that choice will direct the course of our life. Two and a half years ago, I was disappointed to the point where I couldn't get out of bed. I got a diagnosis that my knee injury wasn't just this normal injury that I could recover from. After a surgery, the doctor told me that I had a neurological condition and every shred of research showed me that it was chronic, that it would increase to disable me more, and that there was very little hope. In fact, the disease is nicknamed the suicide disease, and in the months that followed, I understood why. Through God's mercy, a brand new friend heard of this one clinic in the world that treats this condition in a way that doesn't just medicate and suppress the pain while the disease progresses. But it seeks to restore the nervous system, and there were no promises. Many people came together to help me afford this treatment, and after months of daily treatment far away from home, through God's grace, my condition began to reverse. I'm still making progress. I'm actually better this year than I was last year. And last year I was better than the year before. And that's not how this disease is supposed to work. And still, my life will never be what I had planned. I'm not in control and I don't know what next year will hold. I tell you this to remind you that disappointment knocks at my door every single morning and it is the enemy. Because disappointment lies. It tells me that God does not know best and that I'm being cheated. 
And Satan knows that he can derail us with this disappointment, but God knows what's on the other side of that coin. That disappointment also gives us a choice to turn our eyes to Jesus. And when we do, when we meet that disappointment with his strength, then our story is a force to be reckoned with. Our disappointment can be turned into a weapon against our enemy, something that is messy and hard, but points to this hope that no one can argue with. Take a look at Joseph in this Old Testament Bible story. Look it up if you're not familiar, because it is an epic story. See, when Joseph was disappointed and mocked and actually sold into slavery by his brothers, put in jail for a lie, but chose to let God be his strength, God used his life in amazing ways to save a whole nation. And when that happened, no one could argue that God wasn't stronger. He didn't waste his disappointment. Ruth is another example. She was disappointed when her husband passed away, but she had a choice. She stuck by her mother-in-law who worshipped the one true God, and when people saw her working hard and remaining hopeful even though she had lost everything, they couldn't help but to notice what God did in her. See, her disappointment moved her right into God's will and into his story. Because you guys, Jesus was born from her line when her story carried her to be married again in this new land that she went to. Now, you and I are no biblical characters, but we have stories that the Lord can use in a powerful way. I got a diagnosis, CRPS, the suicide disease, named appropriately because most patients try to end this chronic nervous system meltdown, but that's not the story that God had for me. It didn't look good to me, and God says he has good for us. What I was missing is that he is the one that defines what is good. And seeing life that way doesn't come naturally to me. It takes a while to see a glimpse of that good, and in some instances, we may never see the good. We may only have to trust this side of heaven that we trust him enough to define that good. The whole story is that I was a mess, but when I wasn't strong enough, he lifted my head, and even though I didn't know what was next, He whispered to me that it could be hard and good at the same time. And he has shown me over and over again that that is true. I can't even count how many people, not just other patients with CRPS, but with so many other crushing disappointments, I have been able to share the hope of God's promises with. Psalm 40, 1 through 3 says this, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. You guys, we might not ever get to the other side of our disappointment. We may live the rest of our life in the disappointment that life didn't go the way we had planned. We don't get to control what happens and we don't get to control other people, so they may continue to be disappointed in us. People will continue to disappoint us, but we have something bigger. Something bigger than disappointment. We have this hope. We serve this God who created us, who planned every single one of our days before one of them came to be. 
He wrote our name on his hand and he even keeps track of the tears that we cry. See, we can come to him in our disappointment with this great expectation that he's going to do something good, something that we can trust. Just like the psalmist says in chapter 61, hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. I long to dwell in your tent forever and to take refuge in the shelter of your wings. He sees what we can't see, and he knows what we don't know yet. And in this light, disappointment loses its power to destroy us. In his strong wings, that blow doesn't get to win. Then we can say, just like Joseph, to that thing that came to destroy and disappoint us, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Let's not waste our disappointment, but let's watch it become a tool that not only shifts our eyes to Jesus, but causes other people to find him too. Suddenly, as we learn how to go and how to let go, we start to unclench those tight fists in surrender, and we find ourselves with free hands. Hands that can serve and love and do things that really matter. And I think if we're being honest, our hands are tired of grasping. I think we're ready to accept something good from God and to hang on tight to His hand. Because life is going to take us where we least expect it. And that's why I'm here to ask both of us, what are we holding on to? What do we need to let go of? And are we really willing to go wherever God leads us as we hang on to him? You guys, we are in good hands. There is always hope and the best is yet to come. As always, I would love to hear from you. You can find me at my website. It's goletgo.org. Click on that contact button to shoot me a message or find me on Facebook or Instagram. I'm Amy Marco. Talk to you next time.